Hour three of the Plank Show. Brought to you by our buddy Josh Tucker. Roof Tech of Oklahoma. It's funny. If I don't say it's Roof Tech, it's like all of a sudden we just have dudes sponsoring the final hour. Final hour brought to you by Jesse Glass. My man Jesse's awesome. Follow him on Twitter. But Roof Tech of Oklahoma, Josh and his crew, Josh Tucker, former Sooner, uh, do an incredible job at Roof Tech, 405-703-4245, 405-703-4245. The funny thing is any attempt to try to fix things, this reminds me a lot, and I've done sports radio for maybe too long, but I remember trying to come up with what a playoff would look like. In college football, and everyone had their format, and everyone had their ways. And for years and years and years, that was a staple of sports talk radio. Well, here is what my playoff would look like, and what it should look like. I feel like we, we, the Royal We listeners of this station and of this network, I feel like we're kind of done with everyone that says this needs to be fixed. And we stop and we say, okay, well, how the hell are you going to fix it? You're the one that makes all the money. You're the smart people, allegedly. How are we going to fix it? Because you all keep pointing at someone that has no power right now. We just leave it up to the NCAA. And they have no idea what's going on either. So No clue. It's a mess. Um, But I'm I'm almost anymore in – in awe of how quickly people are wanting to pass the buck. I've brought this up a lot. There's a great interview that my man Bobby Carpenter did with a, a congressman. We played. We played parts of it for you. And literally, all this dude was caught up in wanting to do is tell you how right they were before. I mean, I, I, I've come to realize that nothing in life anymore outside of gambling is about being right. And I don't even know if that's about being right. Because all the gambling people I follow right now, their picks suck. So I don't even know if being right matters, all right? So you sit around and you want to beat your chest and say, we tried to tell the NCAA, great, they didn't listen to you. You're not their parent, all right? Go fix this. And I just love how people want to sit there and tell you how right they were whenever it doesn't even really matter right now. They they looked at all the positive situations for this NIL and didn't, like, step aside and say, well, hey, there's going to be some negative side. There's going to be some coaches who take shortcuts and use it to their advantage, and that's exactly what's going on. All right, well, let's uh, let's hit our top five stories of the day. We do this every single day, typically to start the final hour, though it's become very fluid, very fluid on the program. Here is big story number five. I had to literally look in my top five list to try to figure out what number five was. And I wrote OTAs. OTAs start this week. And there's, I guess you could say, uh, a a few major storylines like one Kyler Murray not showing up for OTAs. Now, he wants a new deal. There is no surprise about that. But. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit shocked to see that he decided not to show up. I thought after after the Hollywood Brown signing, I thought it would be for sure that he'd be showing up to OTAs first day. The Cardinals will be featured this season on Hard Knocks, but it's what they did with the Colts last year. It's going to be the in-season Hard Knocks. So we'll wait and see what Kyler Murray decides to do. The Colts did it in-season last year. The cards are getting it. The Lions are going to be on the regular version for preseason. 
So that's a little bit confusing, but here we go. Lions preseason hard knocks, Cardinals in season. And the Colts yesterday signed Nick Foles, gave him a two-year deal to be the backup to one Matt Ryan. And the Browns re-signed Jadavian Clowney yesterday. Meanwhile, pull that audio up here. Meanwhile, no team yet for Odell Beckham Jr. But there is a belief that he could end up back on the Rams, even with his injury. Here's what Sean McVay said yesterday about Odell. I really want Odell back on our team. Um, He's a guy that in a short amount of time we were able to develop a really special relationship. I thought he brought a great spark to our team. I thought he played really well. He's a great teammate. Without a doubt, want to get Odell back here. And, um, you know, that's the goal. And continuing to work towards a solution of of him re-signing with the Rams. Now, there is one other non kind of game story that's making the rounds today. And the NFL, once again, is trying to mess with the Pro Bowl. I I know some of you don't have this ability, so you just grinch and moan. But when I see something I don't like, I turn the channel. There's a lot of different options, and I don't feel like I need to be forced, forced to watch something. Oh, but it's football, and I must watch it. That's a Pro Bowl. You know, I'm, it's, it's flag football. It, it let, 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 it, let it be what it is. But Ian Rappaport this morning, NFL Network, um, reported that as it stands now, the traditional Pro Bowl game is not what it should be. And the NFL is discussing the Pro Bowl week and ways to improve it, including possibly eliminating the traditional game and using that show that Sunday to showcase the players in it. I have a question. I I know this sounds incredibly terrible and short-sighted, but how are you going to showcase football players without them playing a game? Well, don't you know that um, Kyler Murray's a concert uh, violinist? I'm like, great. Put him on the violin channel. I I will. We don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch this. But I don't know. They're they're talking about flag football potentially. I I don't mind the all the activities like outside the game itself. But I mean, I think that's something that. If it's going to continue to be like flag football and not really much effort on. into it, then might it's, as well just get rid of it. It's always what it's going to be. And it's fine. Just let them get – hey, you know what? Give the Pro Bowlers a vacation. Just let them go to Hawaii and have them do one event. Which, by the way, I don't think you can go because I think that stadium is condemned. We were trying to take a tour of it um, when we were out there, but it was a little bit a ways away from where we were staying. But a lot of, And, by the way, the Combine is officially going back to Indy for the next two years. So they opened up the bidding process – Thought they might move it to L.A., and they thought, huh, we got a pretty good thing here in Indy. So the NFL Combine stays in Indy. Big story number four. Number four. Oh, do you have to move something around whenever you play my stuff? Am I screwing you up? I think I do. Here's story number four. All right, there you go. Sorry. And I'm going to play a bunch of audio here so I make things even more difficult on you. Uh, It was ugly last night between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Uh, it started as a blowout and ended as a blowout. Left side three is good. He's got 31 in 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I know Tyler Hero was out last night. I get it. 
But still, I mean, that was that was ridiculous. It shouldn't make that big of an impact. You still got Butler and out of Bayou, and man, it was twenty nine eleven in the end of the first quarter. They scored, then they came up. So you're in a situation where you're down 57-33 at the half. And you're like, let's go. Let's get a good let's get a good third quarter going. Try to get back in the thing. You see NBA, anything is possible. Each team then scored 19 third quarter points. Gross. And I, that's whenever I was trying to really get into it. Uh, and then Peyton Pritchard hit the dagger. Pritchard bounce pass. Here's Tice. Throw into the basket. Gets double team. Throws it out to the corner. Grant Williams. For Pritchard, he'll try a deep three. Got it. Ah. And as the clock hits triple zeros, although no one could have imagined how we would get here, we were probably right where we thought we would be. The Eastern Conference Finals are now a best of three. The Celtics blow out the heat in game four. The final score of Boston 102, Miami 82. Yeah, uh, so Boston evens up the series at two games apiece tonight. You get the Warriors and the Mavericks, 3 none, no uh, three zip. No team has ever come back from a three-zip deficit. Dallas, though, is somehow a one-point favorite tonight against the Warriors. They were a, they were a two-and-a-half favorite this past, past game, too, in Dallas. Were they really? <laughs> Gosh. Well, I mean, I kind of thought Dallas might win game three, but they got smoke. So take that for what it's worth, Dallas tonight and Golden State, which gets us to big story number three. So yesterday, Skip Johnson and the crew met with the media, and we kind of got a a little bit on what to expect for Oklahoma heading into the postseason as the Sooners open Big 12 tournament play coming up this week. Um, here, here's a little bit of Skip Johnson just in general about how he feels where the team is headed and the challenge that's in front of them for the Big 12 tournament this week. Here's a little bit of his presser. How do you, what's your philosophy going into this tournament? When you, you know Eric you, you got good question. things happening in a couple of weeks, but is it always just to go out and win it, just play your best baseball and see what happens? I, what I think the biggest thing for us is, is go in, and we're always going to try to play to win. There's no doubt about that. It doesn't matter who we pitch. Uh, we've got faith in whoever we throw out there on any day. Um, in defense, just make sure we stay healthy going through that to the through the weekend and uh, um biggest thing is just play baseball get get another chance get that another chance opportunity to play in a good environment against our teams and our conference which is a great conference and uh, uh get that opportunity to play again and uh, um every time you get to play it's just a bonus i mean the game is the game and and you've got to love the game you got to love to play the game and you got to play it hard tomorrow night gosh it's tomorrow night Seven thirty for Oklahoma and West Virginia in game one of the Big 12 Baseball Tournament. Have they? Do you, have you seen if they've got things started yet in the SEC Tournament at all? I don't think they have. So I have a 5-1 oh, Alabama there you over go. Georgia. So I That'll, guess they did. It wasn't, wasn't a big delay. but Good. So the first game of the SEC Tournament was delayed just a bit. Um, <laughs> I saw Barrett Salise tweet earlier. The final game of the first day of the SEC Baseball Tournament ending at 3 a.m. Eastern time. An SEC tradition unlike any other. Spot on. Spot on. But they've got things going. Bama playing well. All right, big story number two. You know, I was going to get into some softball. Um, I was going to some softball news, but 
there's, I mean, we've spent most of the day kind of breaking it all down, right? We had Eric Lopez. Are you podcasting that later today? Are we going to be able to get that up? I don't yeah, know. We'll get, yeah, we'll get that up uh, right after we're done here. I so. had people yelling at me last week because we didn't get Elo up. They were mad at me. But Eric Lopez will be up. I'll tweet it right after the show. I'm going to throw it on the Sooner Sports Podcast, too. Um, UCF, very, very good team this year, has won some big games. What was the term that he used? Versatility when talking about UCF? Got some, you say moxie? Yeah, moxie that's a good word, good word. Uh, and it, their star pitcher is Kemma Woodall, who transferred from East Carolina and was 9-19 and last year. It's just wild. So she just completely turned it around. Yeah, season. I mean, this year she is not only one of the best pitchers for UCF, but she's one of the better pitchers in college softball. Finished 18-4, and four, had three saves, a 1.88 ERA in 134 innings, uh, 103 strikeouts, doesn't walk a lot of batters, only 48 walks. So she's impressive. Um, it, it's good to see. It's good to see a good challenge coming in. And I, I see it all, all the questions about uh, uh, Jordy and about Kinsey Hansen. I know that I know that Jordy's going to try to throw this week, so that's a good sign. Um, and I know that she tried to throw last week too, so I think that's a good sign. And I know that Kinsey Hansen's working through what I think everyone could see appears to be an ankle injury. We'll see how she battles through it. But injury, two major injuries to kind of fight through for Oklahoma. I am a I am a diehard believer that you're going to see her at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend. I just don't. And it may determine how they, how the first game looks with UCF. Maybe just if you want to rest her, maybe a tad bit more. If you can, can I tell you what I think it it, it matters more than? And I don't disagree with you on that. I'm not trying to s all over your point. I think it matters how Jordy feels. And I think if she says I want to go, this feels fine. I'm ready. I think she goes. That's what I think it boils down to. And, you know, I who knows? That's a good point. What if they get pushed on Friday and either they lose or maybe suddenly it's like, you know what, I got to go. Let's go. I'm ready. I don't know. Now, in that situation, I don't think Patty would – and Coach Castle's made it very clear in every interview. We're not putting anything on her. If she wants to go and if she can go, she can go. If not, we're confident in our pitchers that we have. So, I – I stand by what I said whenever it was first reported what she was dealing with. I fully expect with the Sooners make it to Oklahoma City to see Jordy out there pitching. I just don't know about this weekend. And we don't – I mean, obviously we don't know how she's feeling either. So it's it's honestly just totally up to her. And both her and Patty are very much – or competitors, so (laughs) – by the way, I did kind of laugh on this uh, Jesse's tweet, uh, text to the show. Jesse's been on fire today. Is your philosophy to win it? Is there a situation where a coach would answer that question with a no? <laughs> That's back to the baseball question on Skip. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's maybe it was worded or phrased awkwardly, but I think the point that's being made is – Right, how much do you put on this weekend? Like, you want to go win your games, but you know you fall behind five zip, or you're like, all right, guys, let's just get let's get to the house, let's get out of here, let's keep, save our arms for next week. Because Toby and I talked about this yesterday on the Sooner Sports podcast. Which, by the way, quick little uh, 
Plank Show Reset, more on Big Story number three, there is there is not a bubble team in the Big 12, right? Kansas State's not making the tournament. Um, Baylor's not making the tournament. Kansas is has already fired or it's their coach retired. So unless Kansas State or Baylor win this thing, I mean, the only possible problem could be if West Virginia goes two and Q, then maybe they're in a tough spot. But, you know, TCU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Texas, um, West Virginia, I mean, they're all in. Oklahoma State, they're in. They're all they all look locked with a two or three seed, and then OSU hosting. Yeah, what it looks like unless OU makes a crazy run at this thing in the Big Twelve tournament, they could argue about hosting a regional. If if Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve tournament, I think they're hosting a regional, and that would be awesome. Which gets us to big story number one, number one. All right, let's spend some time on big story number one when we come back because I I haven't played the Jimbo Fisher retort. Um, I've got tons to get to still on the SEC scheduling decisions, which are coming up. I mean, we could do a a whole show on how you would feel, what you would want to see, and what your pod would look like. And by the way, pods apparently where I, I think literally we are a week old from my mindset of, man, maybe pods are the future of scheduling. And now they're all dead. Now nobody wants pods. I mean, are you kidding me? So, little Jimbo round two, and a little talk about scheduling coming up next. Connor's in for Josh. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. How long have we been been back? It's been a minute? I'm sorry. No, you get about, about 10 seconds. Oh, okay. All right, I'll... I was sitting there talking to TJ. We were fixing all the world's problems. Or I was just stealing his studio for a second. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, On the ref, rain continuing throughout the day. So be smart across OKC and green country. Found myself hydroplaning a little bit yesterday. That's not a good feeling. It can be scary for five seconds. When you're rolling around, you get your – suddenly all your insides sink down to your stomach. Ah! You, get it right you start focusing on the road for a few times in your life. You're actually still on this tire. It's like fight or flight, and you're freaking out. It's like, what just happened? All right. Um, let me hit a couple air comfort solutions. Text 405-651-3439. Good question. Is a collective really an NIL deal? Isn't Texas's, uh, Texas A&M's D-line part of a collective? See, that's... Okay, let, let's let's get into this. This is a really good point. So, Jimbo Fisher did a TV show or uh, talked to a reporter and was all kinds of fired up. Here's here, here's part of it right here. I'm asking you, did you re- did you do your research? You just no no. See, you can't answer. So you just assumed, and that's the way this world goes now. As soon as it's written on social media and someone says it, you believe it. So where does that put you as guys as reporters? Where does that put coaches like Nick Saban who know better, if, if that's the case? <laughs> See, that's the best part of this, by the way. I'm just going to jump in right there. This guy is so freaking clueless that's doing this interview. All of a sudden he's like, oh, what about Nick Saban? He was getting nervous when Jimbo started ranting yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's like, whoa, wait a minute here. And I think it's just in his – here, here's more. 
Saban, who know better, that, if, if that's the case. I, 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 I. Where's that put reporters at? So you're defending Nick Saban? No, I'm just crazy. I'm asking you guys to put it out in the media. I'm at, I, I did, just hold on. I ain't getting into this. Oh, no, no, no. Away. I understand, but I just wanted. Is this change? It's because social media and media put it out. I got it. Um, it's hilarious, by the way. It's hilarious. Just hold on. Here's the best part, okay? And that question is a good one. Do you know where the report that A&M had $30 million in NIL deals came from? Do you know where that started? I don't, I don't remember where it started at. It started on an OU message board from a user named Sliced Bread. Maybe I did see something on that a few days ago. I was just scrolling on Twitter, and I think I popped up. Sliced bread. And then, again, Bro Bible picked it up. And it's funny to me because none, none of it is really true, but we're so quick to jump on anything NIL-related that will believe anything. Oh, well, I had four. Now, the other part of this is some of these collectives have been pretty brazen. Is that the term I'm looking for? About the deals they have out there. And and when you say do your research, that's this isn't the NBA or the NFL where you know about endorsement deals, right? It's a lot of this is not necessarily public. It's hard to do your research on it. Um, which, again, I agree with Jimbo 100% on, did you dig into this? And the guy's like, well, no, what about Nick Saban? It's like, <laughs> I've never seen anyone look stupider in my life. But yet his quick counter could have been, how am I supposed to research it whenever nothing is public? I'm, I'm reporting what's out there, and I'm glad you're concerned with what's out there, but... It's out there. And then and, you, get, you get a hold of everything on social media and you believe it right away and you, you stick to what you believe in. Um, let's see. I think there's a little bit more here. Is a, somewhat of a snapshot of a bigger picture problem? I have no idea. When it comes to the NIL? I have no idea. NIL wasn't a problem. NIL wasn't the problem. The lack of – NIL's great. It really, truly is. I'm for these young men and women getting paid anything an, an entity wants to pay them to promote and, and profit off who they are and what they provide. I'm all for it. The problem is we all knew what this was going to do. And these magic worlds of collectives come along and they're going to create their own rules and billionaire businessmen are going to pay whatever it takes. So, yeah, I'm... And then you use it for recruiting too, kind of taking away from recruiting. Just hey, I mean, hey, how much money can I pay you to come play here? Jimbo Fisher, in that I, I don't have time to dig through it because I'm I'm now officially kind of done with Jimbo, and it's just I'm so mad at this reporter. I'm so mad. Um, but then you're in a catch twenty two because you're like only one of our eleven mid year enrollees have an NIL deal. Well, then again, that's a battle of semantics, which circles back to the original point. Whenever, um. Whenever you have someone that that texts it in and is like, well, is their deal even considered like an NIL deal? And that's the issue. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. 
And what was it? Fifty grand for every offensive lineman here. That's that's not nil. That's not what the plan no. for this the whole time. This is a really, 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 really good point to wrap this conversation up. From the nine four nine, I wish you would put your name on this so I could give you the credit you deserve. A and M hasn't been transparent. We don't know what is true. Calling it false is just as wrong as calling it true. We don't know. You are a bazillion percent right. Did he just recruit really well, or did he actually pitch in some money? That's what you just can't get a well. Hold and then on. even in that, you, let's say that there was money. There's no way that there's a check trail to find somewhere. I mean, this is not necessarily done in a world that's easily traceable. And I hope that's what most people realize when they see this story. To just say it's all blatantly false, well, I understand you want to defend yourself. But in the same vein, I don't know if you can 100% say that. And I'm sure in that situation, the reporter's like, I don't know what I've just got myself into. I'm a talking head who reads a teleprompter and doesn't know S about what's really going on here. But... I'm just going to say Nick Saban over and over. You, do you watch Family Guy? I do. Every okay. once in a while, I'll put it so, on. So there's a great episode of Family Guy where Lois is running for, I think it's like mayor. She's running for the mayor of the town. And Brian Griffin, who is the talking dog, tells her, he goes, you're talking to undecided voters. They're the stupidest part of America because and, – and there, there's – but he goes, you just have to play to their emotions. And literally every question that was asked of her, she goes, 9-11. And it was like, oh, right? Because there was a time where whenever you would just mention it, everyone would lose their – I feel like that's what this dope is doing. He's like, Nick Saban. Well, I mean, what, I don't want to talk about that. I mean, where you got – does it make Nick Saban? Saban. It's like it's the it's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. He's just like doing it for the clicks too and nine, for the attention. 9/11. That's what I feel like. It's like a family guy episode or something. Here's another good point from the 512. Shouldn't they have to earn it for a year or two? Seems silly to pay millions for kids that haven't done a thing. Um, that's, that's up to the companies that want to put their dollars there. You're worth what people are willing to pay you. I mean, we are kind of entering an NFL type situation when it came to the way that drafted players were paid before they even stepped on the field. Right. I mean, and again, Sam Bradford was the last one. Now we don't. I, you can't compare that world to this world. That's a CBA with a, a union and. They're all employees, but this is a, it, it's similar in that if I'm, um, give me a good, if I was Kenny Pickett last year and I see that some dude that's coming in to sign at Tennessee is allegedly getting a multi-million dollar deal. I'm like, the, the hell is that? Right? So it sounds good in theory, but you have these, you have these hungry for um, splashes, people out there, hungry for wins, people that'll do whatever it takes. Well, then, like, what if you have, like, Texas O-line paying 50000 for an offensive lineman recruit? Right. Like, say he leaves after one year. So I get I get the point where 
to earn it within a year or two because, I mean, you just got 50 grand and then you leave the school the next season. Yeah, how does you know how do those NIL deals work? Then? Do they keep that? Do you get to give you fifty k or what? I mean, that's a good question. All right, quick break. It's eleven thirty six. Good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Obviously, we're in a position where we just kind of sit and get a kick out of this Jimbo Fisher stuff because he he protesteth quite a bit, and I don't even know if he's done his research. I talked to my eleven guys. Well, how in depth was that conversation? You got an NIL deal? No, sir. Okay. You got an denial deal? No, sir. I mean, is that it? Is that what you did? Oh, gosh. All right, I'm going to get you caught up on all the news next right here on The Plank Show. Let me uh, get a little bit more here of uh, Jimbo just for the fun. Uh, let's see here. Let's go with the whole Q&A. I cannot stand this reporter. See, I threw you off your game right now. Well, no. you're, off, you're off your game. You're out of questions. <laughs> not, definitely not out of questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so how does that change the – It doesn't change the, anything. Because I know the truth and I've always known the truth. That's why I, Then that's why, why would I, he make that accusation? I have to ask him. Again. Uh, just let me handle it. Why ah. would he make that accusation, though? If, if it's, why, did you, why did you make that accusation? I didn't make any accusations. I don't know. You have to ask him. College football fans want a debate between Jimbo and Nick with Randy Cristal as the moderator wearing a referee mic that works half the time. We need this. Kyle and Broken Bow. Agreed. Um, can I tell you something? I've had these situations with my wife before. What's that? Where she tries to chime in. I'm like, I got this. Stop. Let me handle it. Same thing with her. I'm like, honey, no. Go away. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing here. Um, one more. One more. Then. Great point. I've just got to ask you, were you shocked that this came up? Because you just told oh, me you I only said, had one. I said that about I said that about a while ago. It's like, that's why I made the original one back in February when they said we had $35 million in a thing. That's, that's, that's all false. It was written on social media, so everybody believes it. And you got news channels believing it. Hey, big people believing it. And you believed it. Well, and Nick Saban believed it, obviously. Well, he's not news. You're news. You're media. Do you guys not research? Boy, that dude really, really, really wanted to try to go back to Nick Saban. Oh, my gosh. He wanted that so badly. He's just, like, trying to keep the conversation going. Just Nick man, Saban. It's just over, man. Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher, your thoughts? Well, I'm not really happy. Nick Saban. Gosh. And it's funny because, in fairness to that dope, um, you can't really research it. It's 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 an unresearchable thing right now. How do you find it out? You need people to be honest with you. And you think anyone's gonna be like, yeah, I paid him. I mean, no, not, no one's gonna be straight up about it. It's not gonna be like Rick James and Chappelle show. I never touched it. I never slapped Charlie Murphy. Yeah, I slapped him in the face. I mean, it's not gonna be anything like that. It's just funny to me because we're in a situation that, I mean, I can't even find the way to. To, to put it without laughing every now and then, where we're finally getting everything we wanted, and now everyone's complaining about it. What's the odd? It, the best part in all of this is that you know that Nick Saban, or excuse me, Jimbo Fisher, is constantly now. Did did we? You know, what's going on out here? You know, he's got that. At some point, there's going to be someone that has to. Hey, Jimbo, I just want to let you know. Um, you know that one of eleven. That's not really true because um, you know it's going to happen, right? You know at some point someone's got to go and be like, 
yeah, I appreciate your passion for this, but we totally paid that kid out of uh, Columbus like a hundred grand in NIL deals to come. Like, did I actually give him a lot of money, or did I did I recruit him really well? This has been one of the most fantastic things I've I've ever seen play out in an off season. And here's the funny part of it: I'm I'm a firm believer in this. That the in the NCAA just isn't in a spot where they can do anything. I mean, they're they're patting themselves on the back for deciding that we no longer need divisions and that we're expanding the scholarships that can be given out for two years. Look at us, look what we've done. It's like no. Not where we are. And if you if you penalize one coach, you probably got some others too that are spending some money that's just not showing. All right, well, let's let's have a good final segment here. Let's let's watch the palette of this Jimbo stuff, and let's wrap up where we started. Let's take the show full circle. What does the future look like for SEC scheduling, and who does SI feel could be Oklahoma's three consistent opponents every single year if we went with the 3-6 scheduling model, which would be Three regular opponents every single year, and then you would play six other teams. We'll get into it next. All right, so let me wrap with some audio that didn't quite make the cut before we get to this SEC. I guess you could say, I can't even say pod anymore, can I? Pods are dead. I thought they were the future. Just scheduling, I guess. I was so excited. I had all these pods figured out. I had that was going to work. It's great. But real quick, um, there is quite a controversy going on right now in Major League Baseball involving Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson. Um, Josh Donaldson is being accused of racist remarks because he called Tim Anderson Jackie. Jackie Robinson. Um, here's what Tim Anderson had to say about it. Yeah, he just made a you know disrespectful comment. Uh, you know, basically was you know trying to call me Jackie Robinson. Like, what's up, Jackie? I don't play like that. You know, I don't. I don't really play at all. I wasn't really you know bothering nobody today. But uh, you know, he made a comment, and uh, you know it was, it was disrospectful. I don't think it was called for. It was unnecessary. That was when you guys crossed past the shortstop there at the end of the third. <laughs> yeah, but that happened in the first. The first time he got on, you know, and I spared him that time. Uh, and it happened again. You know, it's just uncalled for. You know, it's not. You know, I got time to. You I'll be playing like that. How do you manage to contain yourself based on that kind of comment? I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> it was very disrespectful. You know, you don't want to play like that. You call it disrespectful. Tony just said it was racist. Is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Same, same, same. Along that same line, yeah. Josh Donaldson tried to explain his comments. Is that what started the brawl in the Bronx the other day? I I don't think so. That was different. I think it was different. But here's what Josh Donaldson had to say. First inning, I called him Jackie. So let me give you a little context of that. 2019, he came out with an interview and said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game, right? And 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. I don't know what's changed from – and I've said it to him uh, in years past. Not, not in any – for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson. So, you know, if something has changed from that, like my meaning of that is not any term um, trying to be racist. Are we really creating something here? here? Here is what Liam Hendricks had to say. 
Usually you have inside jokes with people you get along with, not people that don't get along at all. And so that, uh, that statement right there was complete But then again, my, uh, my feelings towards the individual in question are pretty well documented. Yeah, don't listen. Liam Hendricks, shut up. You, you don't like Josh Donaldson. You guys don't get along. So I don't think that you're in a position to where you can start doling out how dare you. It was, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a pretty soft-hearted, understanding dude on every angle. This controversy has been the most confusing thing I've tried to follow. Because so, so I guess Donaldson he, and Tim Anderson weren't on good terms I guess before not. this whole thing. Well, no, I think Liam's trying to say they aren't. I think that they, they were okay. And that's even what Josh Donaldson said. He goes, something changed. I mean, okay, sorry, but for the most part, he's the one who called himself Jackie Robinson. And I just don't. I mean, listen, maybe I'm not in the right headspace. Maybe I'm not in the right place to where I can be, you know, finding the outrage in this because I just – I'm, I'm not on, on either side. So, sorry, not sorry. Uh, David from Norman writes, the pods aren't dead. The three plus, plus six plan are 14 pods. Well, David – I hope you're right, but I get the sense that the three plus six plan, which would be three regular opponents and then rotating six, might might not be as pod friendly as we think. Yeah, I mean, you still those, getting back to those three scheduling conversations. Those three teams, you will play them every season, right. though, right? So here is SI.com put together whom they felt would be the three regular opponents for Oklahoma. Texas, Missouri, and Florida. Which seemed odd to me, and I don't know how much geography matters, and I'm here for it. But, I mean, I'm, I'd am i rather take Missouri out and put Arkansas in if that was the case. Um, but I would definitely much rather take Florida out and put Arkansas in. Here's the three for Arkansas, Missouri, Texas, and Kentucky. And by the way, enough for Kentucky. It's Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Georgia. So you're, yeah. So you're leaving out Texas A&M too. I mean, I that, think- Texas A&M though is in a pod with Texas. I, I, you know what? If I'm putting this together for Oklahoma, I want Texas, Texas A&M, and I don't give a bleep who the third team is. Give me a regular. Just keep those three together. Yeah, give me a regular matchup with the Horns. Give me my, my, regular. Matchup with A&M, and I don't care. And here's the other thing. How about if on these, with your three regular opponents, we have a five-year window, and you can mix it up? All right, so we know that Oklahoma's always going to play Texas. We know that Tennessee's always going to play Alabama, Alabama-Auburn. But you allow, um, you allow some shift. So after five years... If it is Texas, Missouri, Florida, which is just speculation, then you could say, all right, well, let's make it Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama. Let's play BAM every year. I mean, it's geographically closer than Florida. Or at least I think it is. I'm sure someone's going to be like, no, as the crow flies. It's cl-. I, I don't know. If, okay. Yeah, gonna f- you, you want all the different matchups, too. Right. You'll see different, different well, teams going at it. And, and, and here is the wild part of this, right? And this is where every single person kind of, I, I, I guess, 
where every single person finds themselves just in shock that we allow this to happen. Alabama and Florida are playing in the swamp this year. It's the first time that they'll have met in Gainesville in a decade. Like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy to think about. And they've been in the same conference forever. So I'm I'm in that group to where I think you can be flexible. I, I like the three six. I love pods. I just I feel like the the one seven or one eight, whatever it is. I just threw all my notes away. I got to get out of Steely's way, man. He comes in like a train. Uh, the 1-7 with the eight-game schedule, I think, is going to end up being what happens. You get what? You get one rivalry game, and yeah. then that's played every year, and then you rotate through the other seven. That's right. And I honestly, um, in my heart of hearts, I came into this show today not a big fan of the playoff idea, but I think I've become more of a fan as this show has progressed, and I've read your tweets, and I've – Saw your text. It's it's fascinating to think about what it could mean for college football. All right, hey, Connor, tomorrow on the show, back Aaron Miller, again. we'll be back at it. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Steely and Thune at noon or next.